depression. Thousands of people deal with depression on a daily basis, and sadly, most of them don't get the help that they need. So today we're going to be looking at what depression is, what the Bible has to say about depression, and what God's solution to depression is. That's today on The Best is Yet to Come. I'm proud of all my friends Cause life ain't always easy but They keep holding on I'm proud of all my friends Cause they keep believing that The best is yet to come Thank you for joining me today on The Best is Yet to Come. I'm Reverend Andrew Lehman, and I want to thank you, first of all, for joining me on this journey as we explore some of these mental health topics that I feel are so important that we talk about in today's age, especially after COVID and after all of this time of isolation that many people have gone through. Uh, so many problems have come up in the mental health front, and I feel it's really important to talk about some of these things. And I'll just be honest right up front. The reason I feel it's so important is because I am somebody that deals with these things. I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety. Uh, I have panic attacks. Part of it is due to being isolated. I mean, I've not been totally isolated like some people have, but part of it's due to COVID and the isolation. But also I do deal with uh, chronic pain in my back and it has a effect on my sleep, has effect on my mental health. And so this is a very important topic to me as a person and just somebody who wants to reach out and talk about these things because I feel like just not enough people are talking about it. So again, thank you for joining me. Uh, today, we're going to start out this series by talking about probably the most prevalent uh, situation and problem that most people deal with, and that is depression. So depression is a tough topic because it can be so many different things to so many different people. And if you've never dealt with depression, depression is something that is very hard to understand sometimes. So to start out, I want to talk about what depression is. How do we define depression? Well, I'm just going to sort of go through and define depression sort of for me, and I'm going to go through a little bit of a timeline of what my week can look like with as somebody who deals with depression. And I'm hoping that it gives you a better idea of how varied and how really just crazy depression can be in somebody's life. You see, depression can make people feel as if they're living in a body that fights to survive with a mind that's trying to die. I know that sounds melodramatic, but it's just the truth. It can make people feel scared, miserable, empty, numb, ashamed, embarrassed, and unable to recognize the fun, happy person that they used to be. It can make it impossible for them to be able to construct or even envision a future at times. It can make them feel so confused and mixed up that they can't see a single answer for any of the problems in their life, and it can make them feel debilitatingly helpless as a result. It can be so overwhelming that it can feel as if they're fighting to keep their head above water when it's up to their nose and the water keeps getting deeper and they don't know how to swim and there's no one around to save them. 
And no matter how much they kick and they struggle and they scream, they just keep sinking. And after a while, it can make them question, what's the point? What's the point in continuing to fight a battle I don't think I can win? And it can make them wonder if everything wouldn't be better if they just disappeared. However, despite how debilitating and gut-wrenching and soul-destroying depression is, many sufferers don't receive anywhere near the amount of support they need. Unfortunately, because depression is an invisible illness that's difficult to understand unless you've experienced it firsthand, it's common for non-sufferers to confuse depression with just a bad day or dismiss it as a non-problem that's simple to fix. And this usually results in them telling their loved one with depression things like, just think positive. Just snap out of it. You know, everybody feels sad sometimes. You have no reason to be depressed because you have a good life. Or all you need to do is X, Y, Z and you'll feel better. And while comments like these can be often well-intentioned, they usually leave the person with depression feeling as if their illness hasn't been understood or validated. And as a result, then far from feeling supported, that person instead feels lonely, abandoned, and even more miserable than they already were. Not only that, but even if someone does understand how devastating of an illness depression can be, they often still won't know how to support their loved one through it. This is because depression can be so many different things at different times, and for this reason it can be difficult for a supporter to know how to help their loved one in any given moment. Like I said, I want to give a, a timeline of my life. This is what my life can look at over a period of a few days. One day I may feel so exhausted, so miserable, and so completely overwhelmed that I just want to lay in bed all day. The next day I might feel pretty good. But then the day after that I might feel a lot worse, but I'll try to carry on by faking a smile and pretending that everything is fine. And then the next couple days I might feel so tired and burned out from pretending to be okay that I just want to sleep and not talk to anyone. Then the next day, I might be feeling so anxious and stressed that I can't even fall asleep. And then the day after that, I, I might be feeling a little invigorated and, and wanting to solve my problem, so I'll want to talk to a friend and be supported. And after day after that, I may even feel so fine that I'll decide, you know, I don't need to be talk about it. In fact, I don't even want to be reminded of my depression at all. But then two days after that, we might just... I probably just go back to pretending that everything is fine when deep down I'm just feeling miserable again. So when depression can be so many different things like that, it's very difficult to know how someone with depression feels at any particular point in time. And consequently, at any particular point in time, it's very hard for a supporter to know how to help them. For this reason, even with a supporter's best intention, their loved one with depression will often still up feeling isolated, alone, and bereft of support. So, you might be thinking, wow, if it's that bad, what do we do? Is there a solution? Is there a quick fix? What can we do to help my, what can I do to help my loved one? What can I do to pull myself out of this depression that you're talking about? This, this, this social anxiety, this, all of this stuff that's keeping me down. How do I do it? Well, sadly, depression is not something that can just be snapped out of, nor does it have a simple quick fix. 
If you've never struggled with depression yourself, then it's understandable how you can underestimate its severity and therefore suggest that they should just snap out of it or just think positive or that their depression would be cured if they just did simple something simple like go for a run or or meditate or pray, for example. However, suggestions like these are usually a bit misguided and unhelpful because depression does not have a quick fix. For this reason, most people with depression tend to find suggestions like these honestly, and this is coming from somebody who's heard them all. It can be frustrating and often insulting because the implication is that that I'm either not smart enough to think of such a simple solution for myself or for some reason I'm unwilling to implement the implement this surefire cure for my depression, which is tantamount to blaming me for struggling with my depression. So to avoid this common problem, it's really important that you understand that depression does not have a quick fix. In fact, on the contrary, over, overcoming depression involves tackling this illness from a multitude of angles. This can include making situational changes, uh, changing their thinking patterns, working through the difficult emotions that they're dealing with, changing their daily behavior, seeking out medical help, and even medication at times to help in these situations. But of course, I do believe, and as I am a pastor, that the journey to truly overcoming depression should ultimately be rooted in a relationship with God. So what does the Bible have to say about depression? Well, the Bible doesn't use the word depression except in a few translations and verses, and it's often referenced by other similar words such as downcast, brokenhearted, troubled, miserable, despairing, and mourning. And anybody who deals with depression can hear all of those words and be like, yeah, those fit. That works. But throughout the word, there are a number of stories about godly and influential men and women of faith who struggled and battled through dark times of hopelessness and depression. David was troubled and battled deep despair. In many of the Psalms, he writes of his anguish and his loneliness and fear of the enemy and his heart cry over sin and the guilt he struggled with because of it. We also see his huge grief in the loss of his sons. Elijah was discouraged and weary and afraid. And after great spiritual victories over the prophets of Baal, this mighty man of God feared and ran for his life far away from the threats of Jezebel. And there in the desert, he sat down and prayed, defeated and worn. And he said, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm not better than my ancestors. Jonah was angry and wanted to run away. After God called Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach to the people, he fled as far away as he could. And after a storm at sea being swallowed by a giant fish and then being saved and given a second chance, he finally obeyed and he preached God's message to the people of Nineveh. God's mercy reached out to all the people who turned to him. But instead of rejoicing, Jonah got mad. He says in Jonah 4.3, Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And even after God reached out to Jonah again with great compassion, he responded, I am angry enough to die. Prophet Jeremiah wrestled with great loneliness and feelings of defeat and insecurity. Also known as the weeping prophet, Jeremiah suffered from constant rejection by the people he loved and reached out to. 
God had called him to preach, yet had forbidden him to marry and have children. So he lived alone, he ministered alone, he was poor, he was ridiculed and rejected by his people. And in the midst of it, he displayed great spiritual faith and strength. And yet we also see his honesty as he, as he wrestles with despair and a great sense of failure. In Jeremiah chapter 20, he says, Cursed be the day I was born. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? And those are all great examples, but I think honestly the greatest example we have is even Jesus himself was deeply anguished over what lay before him. He knew what was to come. He knew that God had called him to a journey of great suffering. He knew what must happen in order for us to truly live free. And our Savior and Lord was willing to pay the price on our behalf, but it wasn't an easy road. Isaiah prophesied that Christ would be a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. We can be assured that in whatever we face, Jesus understands our weakness and suffering. Our greatest times of temptation and despair because he too traveled that road yet without sin. But in the garden through the night, Jesus prayed all alone, calling out to his father, asking him for another way. He said, and he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. The Bible says that his anguish was so great that he sweated drops of blood. Now, what's true about all of these stories and many others is this. God was with them. God was close. God was near. Psalms chapter 34, 18 tells us the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. He was there in the good days. and He was there in the dark days too. He didn't condemn any of them for their questions and pain. He didn't tell them to just tough it out. He reached down to their deepest pit of suffering and he lifted them out. He cared. He showed compassion. He offered mercy. He brought hope. He instilled purpose. He gave victory. And he still works in the same way today. Our world today desperately needs joy givers, hope bringers, and those in our lives who will help us to remember what real grace is and where lasting help is found. The greatest truth is this. We have a Savior who understands our pain, who knows about our every weakness and hurt and reaches out with compassion and hope. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is a restorer. And over all, he is a friend. He will never waste the seasons of suffering that we face, but he will use it in some way to bring good, to instill purpose, to help others and to make us stronger. Depression is a common yet very treatable condition that affects many people in our world, yet st statistics tell us that only about one-third of those who are depressed actually receive treatment. And this is unfortunate since 80 or 90% of those who do seek treatment often report feeling better within just a few weeks. It's also known that depression is, is the linked cause for over two-thirds of suicides reported each year. 
I want you to know that if you are dealing with depression, help is available. Please don't feel like you need to try to hide your pain. Don't feel like you need to hide your struggle. I encourage you to talk to a friend. Talk to a counselor. Seek out professional treatment and care. If you find yourself in dark places today, know that you're not alone. You're never alone. God knows your way, is with you always, and has good in store. I want to finish this out by praying for you right now. Jesus, I'm asking you right now, for anyone who is listening under the sound of my voice, who is dealing with depression, dealing with fear, God, I'm asking you right now to move into their life and bring a peace that passes all understanding, bring encouragement, bring an uplifting God that they've not felt in a long time. Help them to realize that they're not alone, that Lord, you are with them, but not only that, they have friends and family and loved one around them who are willing to step in and help if they, but reach out and ask. So, Lord, I'm asking you to encourage them, to strengthen them, to bring that peace, but also, Lord, to, to bring those people in their lives around them and, and show them, God, that they have a loved one who is suffering. Because, God, none of this can be done without the support of you and those around us. And, Lord, we thank you for where you're going to bring us out of, for what you're going to bring us to. And, God, we truly are believing that you have best intentions for our future and that you intend for us to go places that we've never imagined. Lord, we thank you, and we give you all the praise and glory. Amen. So thank you again for joining me. And my friends, we're going to continue this journey talking about other aspects of mental illness. But I want you to remember that no matter what happens today, what happens tomorrow, you're going to have some downtime. I know because I still do myself. But always keep in mind that the best is yet to come. God bless you, and I love you. I'm proud of all my friends, cause life ain't always easy, but they keep holding on. I'm proud of all my friends, cause they keep believing that.